And welcome everybody back into Fantasy Baseball Camp. It has been week one of Fantasy Baseball. We uh, are finally excited here to get ready for week two and help you guys prep your lineups and look for what you need on the waiver wire or maybe just what to, who to sit, who to start. Uh, Tommy, how are you doing after the week one? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Feeling good. I've watched a lot of baseball. I've enjoyed it. Um, got my son watching some baseball, so it's always a good time of year to uh, sit back and, and relax and watch some baseball. You know what's pissed me off though is these quick games. I think I've mentioned it to you. Uh, there's no late. There's no late baseball. Like it's nine fifteen right now, and there's not a single baseball game on. Yeah, especially Sunday with Sunday night baseball. I'm used to going to bed nine ten o'clock. You know, all right, I can, one more inning. I, I can do this. And I think by eight thirty it was over, and I didn't know what to do with myself. Eight thirty, and there's no games. They need. To, they, come on, I've never. I used to always complain about the West Coast teams, and now I'm kind of counting on them. To, to give me late night baseball. Yeah, I think uh, I think Sunday is maybe the exception, but most days will be will be all right, and uh, maybe West Coast games. Today's an anomaly. There's some bad weather, so we have some postponements. I lied. The, the Dodgers and Diamondbacks are playing right now. Well, one game is still not enough. So, all right. Well, getting into our agenda for today. Today we we'll, we'll start with uh, rate the team. We have a we had a. Um, a follower sent us his team that he drafted. He was looking for some advice. Then we'll get into studs and duds of week one. Uh, then we'll get in some waiver wire advice, see who maybe you can get in shallow leagues or even some deeper leagues. Um, then we'll ha we have matchups of the coming week, uh, may maybe some teams who have good pitching matchups or maybe ones to avoid. And then finally, we have news and notes and players to look for. So let's jump right into it, Tommy. Um, let's do what we had. We had a follower on Instagram send us his team. Um, it looks like he is on ESPN's app using um, what was he? Did he say his ten team categories? Yeah, ten team categories. Yeah, he sent us his team and said, "Hey, can you rate my team?" And so we didn't really rate his team, but kind of gave him a little analysis and advice as through a quick conversation. Um, he mentioned that he doesn't watch much baseball, but gets MLB.TV for free. I'm guessing he's a T-Mobile person. Um, so he started to watch more and learn and drafted a team right before opening day. So he's trying to, Hey, this is what we're here for, baby. Give some fancy advice and get more people into baseball. That's all it's all about. So, uh, Tom, you want to run, run over his team, uh, of offense first. I'll share the, his lineup here on screen for you. For those of you that are watching on YouTube, you can, you can see his lineup on the screen right here. Yeah, I was, I was pretty, pretty pleased to see what he had for offense. Uh, catcher, he had Travis Darno, first base, Luis Rise, uh, with also utility, Anthony Rizzo, so those that are changeable. Second base, Tommy Edmond. Third, Alec Bohm. Shortstop with Dansby Swanson. Outfield consisted of Aaron Judge, Stephen Kwan, and Brian Reynolds. That's a really strong outfield. That is a and strong outfield. Pieces. Yeah, uh, bench picks with J.D. Martinez, Josh Bell. And he did what I love doing right now in this league, in any leagues, is pick up Bryce Harper on the IAL. If you can stash him and he's back in a couple months, I love that move. Dude, Bryce Harper's as... hitting BP already. I know, I know. I'm super excited to see him. Uh, as far as pitching goes, I feel like he was one arm short. Um, and being a categories league, I think he's going to struggle to get saves. Uh, when he has Jacob DeGrom, Nestor Cortez, Justin May, Patrick Sandoval, and Marcus Stroman. That's that's pretty solid. No, Mark, uh, Corbin Burns as well on the bench. Shouldn't it never be on the bench? 
And then he's <laughs> got two, two relief pitchers, uh, Scott Barlow and Pat, Paul Seawald. And they're really not going to get many saves. I think Barlow may be the favorite in Kansas City, he's, but Seawald right has, now has lost out to Nunez. They haven't named two guys. Yeah, they still, they still have in Texas. Named, yeah. oh, Barlow's on uh, Kansas City, my mistake. I was thinking he was still with Texas. Yeah, and Seawall's losing out to Andres Munoz right now, so uh, he's going to need to be active on the waiver wire to pick up some saves. But it's a 10-team league. There's a silo bench. There should be some plenty out there. And one advice I gave him, he had some, some Kodai Singa and a couple other pitchers on waivers, and I, I told him just to stream two-star pitchers every week since the weekly lock. You know, Patrick Sandoval, Marcus Stroman are probably droppable for some uh, two-star studs that he's got uh, in free agency. Yeah, if he hasn't played before, something to pay attention to is that percent owned. Uh, make sure you never are dropping a stud who is probably in the 90s percent owned. There's some um, wiggle room on that. But usually if, if you are new to playing fancy baseball, um, be careful who you drop. You don't you never want to drop a stud that will get swooped up right away and never dropped again. Um, so like Jacob DeGrom on his team, do, 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 don't ever drop him. Make sure... You find an IL spot for the guy because, um, you know, it's going to happen. He's he's going to find the IL, but don't drop him. Stash him in your IL spot. Yeah, I want to make one one note about um, his player, Cor- Corbin Burns. And I'm going through the same thing because I've got him on a roster that I really care about. He's had two bad starts in a row to start the season, and he, and he ended the year pretty bad last year as well. But he's got three years of being a stud pitcher. I think he won the Cy Young or got second place in the Cy Young. He has a long leash with me, so um, it may be frustrating that you, you invested a lot into him and he's not doing well, but he'll turn it around. Um, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, 2021, he won Cy Young. Yeah. So you, and he's definitely been in the voting every year one since year, well. One year removed. Yeah, yeah, one year removed from Cy Young, so uh, hold on to him as well. You've got two, you've got two studs there in, in DeGrom and, and Burns, so don't let those guys go. Your offense has got a bunch of high-average guys, uh, maybe lacking in the stolen base department. Um, but overall, you did did well, I think, for if you're um, get, first getting into it. I don't know what your strategy was in drafting, but I think you uh, just stay on top of it and don't let too many guys go, and you should do well, I believe. Yep. So Good that's, job. Yeah, so that's rate rate the team if you want us to rate your team or just have specific advice. Hit us up on Instagram. You can hit our main page, Fantasy Baseball Camp. Or if you do listen to us regularly and you don't like Tommy's advice, um, you can specifically message our individual accounts and be like, hey, Michael, Tommy said something about like about dropping this guy. I don't think so. I, I, I really like him. I'm like, yeah, dude, don't listen to Tommy. So you can hit us up on the individual accounts or hit us up on the main page. Um, we'd love to keep rating, rating your team or giving you, hey, should I drop this guy for this guy? Or, hey, I got this trade offer. So um, that, w- that would be a lot of fun. So our next segment we're moving into is studs and duds of the week. Um, Tommy, you want to start us off? Who's your uh, first stud you listed there? And this isn't maybe the number one, number one stud of the week, but these guys are doing pretty well. Yeah, I think it's somebody who stood out, and we did not expect him to stand out, um, is Adam Duvall. And so I'm a little uh, happy about that. He's I picked him up in free agency, but I don't have him for the week. Why are you happy um, about he's also that a Red necessarily? Because he, he's a Red Sox. Oh, okay. 
but but anyways, as of today, <clears throat> you know he's hitting four seventy six with a one thousand slug. This is two home runs. He hit a three home run today to, to help give the win. Uh, so he has, he has two home runs, runs that helped wins. Oh yeah, like the, first, yeah very clutch. The, the first one against Baltimore. Yep, he, and, he, and he then against them, uh, the, not forget it. Detroit today, and uh, nine RBIs, and that's actually up to twelve now. So he's just done everything across the board. He's been hot. Now, with that being said, I would tamper the expectations. He's not going to do this all year. He's going to come back down to earth. But it would not surprise me if he went back to 2019 form, or was it 2021 form? 2021. So he was he pretty roller coaster with Atlanta. So if you just kind of try to ride the ride the highs with Adam Duvall, you can't go wrong. Um, just make sure to monitor his matchups, probably. But otherwise, he's a great source of home runs. He was with the yeah. Braves, and um, you thought maybe leaving Great American Ballpark with the Reds that he wouldn't. But the Braves, Braves loved him. Yeah, he had 38 home runs in 2021. It wouldn't surprise me if he was able to do that again. He's never going to help you out in average. He's going to strike out a lot, but he's going to have power there if that's what you need in the categories. And even in a, in a points league, um, he'll, he'll be salvageable for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll go with a stud here, I think, right away. He's even a bounce-back candidate right away is, is uh, Glaber Torres. He is actually, as as we're speaking this moment, he is the number one scoring fantasy player at second base eligibility with the Yankees. He is batting 421, 567, 89. Um, that slugging sounds low compared to the next top five scorers in all of fantasy who are slugging over 1,000. Um, but the dude has two home runs, but also six walks to two strikeouts only in 19 at-bats. And to add to that, he has five stolen bases. So if you uh, aren't worried about fielding, so fielding's just one of the five tools, right? What's the five tools? Hit, power, fielding, run. What am I missing? Speed. Arm? Speed? No, I said run. Arm. Oh, arm, yeah. So he's got 90, you know, four, maybe four of the five tools so far in week one. Uh, a great walk to strikeout ratio. Uh, some power in there and some speed. Um, so I think that's that's the highlight of the week. Breakout, breakout looking week one. You can come at me and say, hey, overreaction, overreaction. But Glaber Torres was a highly touted prospect. He was the Cubs' number one overall prospect when they had a deep system um, in 2016. Tra traded over to the Yankees for a role as Chapman in 2016. Um, so he has the pedigree. He came over to the Yankees, was hot right away, and now uh, he had a couple of down years. But dude's, dude's only 26 years old, and he's been in the league for four years already. So um, this could be a, a, a bounce-back breakout for Gleyber Torres. If he's available in your league, I would be grabbing him for second base indefinitely. Um, so then I'll name my the next... Stud there. I think we have two hitters and two pitchers, Tommy. Is that right? Yeah, I'm a. Or do you want to go at him? Yeah, I'll go at. It. So uh, my stud is Jesus Lozardo. Uh, guy is finally healthy. Just keep him away from the video games. I think it was 2021 that he broke his pinky, his throwing hand pinky, quote unquote. What he said, slamming his video game controller. He broke his pinky on his throwing hand. That was supposed to be his breakout year. He was a top prospect with the A's. So 
the guy's finally healthy. He's put up 12.2 innings, 15 strikeouts to seven hits. Um, so the guy was a high strikeout guy in the minor leagues all the way through, was a top prospect with the A's. The A's dumped him um, this year to the Marlins because that's what the A's do. Um, so if, if Lazardo is available in your league, uh, he's a quiet name. Definitely go grab him um, and, and stash him. He's a high strikeout. Has the pedigree of the past, just has never been healthy. So maybe this is his year. This is like Zach Wheeler finally being healthy and puts a year together. Yeah, I, I really like uh, Jesus Lazardo. I think he's going to be fantastic. I wish I had more shares of him. I'll actively be trading for him as much as I can if I can if I can find somebody to to give him find over. Find the right deal. Yeah. All right. Who do you have as your uh, stud of the week then at pitcher? Yeah, I'm going to go with Pablo Lopez. Um, he's he's 95 percent rostered, so he's not widely available. But I think he went really late in drafts, and so if you've got him, <clears throat> you're feeling pretty good about getting Pablo Lopez. He's got two starts under his belt. Uh, one quality start, 12.1 innings total, 16 strikeouts, only four walks, and a 0.73 WHIP and a 0.73 ERA. So he's quietly been very, very good these first two starts. You haven't heard a lot about him, but um, he's been he's been fantastic. He's got a new pitch. Really, a lot of pitchers have a new pitch. The sweeper. It may just be how Statcast and baseball's far into categorizing it called the sweeper. So he's been using that and lieu of his changeup a little bit. Um, it seems to be working. He's, he's starting to get those strikeouts. Um, I'm curious to see how this moves forward. Um, he does have some injury history, so there's some risk there. But I think he's going to have s- somebody be a breakout. I think this is just a glimpse of, of what's to come. I mean, he was not bad. Miami did not have to get rid of him. He was not bad. He was not. They did not sell low on the guy. He was 10-10 and 10 last year, put up 180 innings with 174 strikeouts, so nearly a K per inning. Can't ask for more than that. Um, the Miami just had a plethora of pitching and needed to finally sell somebody to bring back some hitting, and that's exactly what they did. Um, it might hurt, but they also got the batting NL. The was he the AL batting crown last year? Yeah, he took it the triple crown away from Judge and yep. Luis Arias. <clears throat> yeah, I think Miami may have sold high on him too, or they thought they did. You know, like I said, he's injury prone. He hadn't pitched more than 111 innings before last year over the five years combined before that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he's, he's going to be good regardless as long as he's healthy. He's only 27. Only 27 as well. Um, young pitching, controlled. Uh, I don't know when he's a free agent. Well, he's got two, two years left, this one plus another. Yeah, so if you've got Pablo Lopez, you're probably happy at the start that he has taken. Um, and just hope he continues that 0.73 whip. I think that's something I like to look at is walks plus hits per innings pitched. Anything near one is good. Um, you don't, if you get them to the 1.2s, you start to get a little worried that he walks guys too much or gives up too many hits. Thinking it's usually too many walks. That's why I like to think of, um, but yeah, great pick, Tommy and, and Pablo Lopez. Twelve innings, sixteen Ks. I uh, love to see starting pitchers with high strip more than more than a strikeout per inning. So that's our that's our studs. We named four studs there on the on the uh, uh, two on the hitting, two on the pitching. How about some duds? Who are some duds of week one? 
Uh, Tommy, you first with our with a, a hitter. Yeah, I'm going to go with somebody who most people have probably a second-round pick, maybe a first-round pick if you reached, um, but that's Manny Machado. He is electric every year, putting up 500-plus points when he's playing. Um, he, he doesn't really give you a ton of stolen bases, but he, he's good for a few here and there. Um, so across the board, he gives you everything you need. He's, he's got average, he's got power, he's got a, not really some speed, but um, he's he's a player who you want a third base at a weak position. And so the fact that he's hitting 250, uh, not even getting on base at a 300% clip, and slugging 250, he has no extra base hits, no doubles, no triples, no home runs, and five strikeouts to one walk. That is not what you want to see from a first or second round investment. Right. And if you remember when I, when we spoke about the last episode about <clears throat> high ceiling versus high floor for early round picks, when I'm taking picks, I want somebody with a low floor that I know is going to produce and going to guarantee and I would have considered Manny Machado one of those players. So I know this last week has been a struggle for him, but he's going to pick it up. He's going to get better. Uh, I wouldn't be too worried, but it's not a good, good first week if you're counting on him to carry your team. He's just waiting for his boy Tatis to come back to extend yeah. that lineup even further because I think him and Tatis are pretty cool. Um, but the Padres, they uh, they don't rely too much on Machado with the lineup they have, Juan Soto, Xander Bogarts. Uh, would be Tatis and Machado, but uh, Machado does have seven games next week in fantasy. Um, so even if he does have just another mediocre week, at least he has seven games worth to play for. It is against the Mets, who do have uh, injured pitching in Justin Verlander and a struggling Max Serger, um, and then head over to Milwaukee. For a couple games, so you hope that I, I'm still keeping Manny Machado in the lineup. I'm not. I'm not pulling him. Yeah, he spent absolutely. too much. Too much on him. Um, like you said, I think Machado's that high floor guy. I don't think he's a super ceiling where he's going to score 600 points, but he's got that high floor where he's not going to score less than 450, 500. Yep, agreed. But yeah, rough, rough first week for Machado. Um, my hitter of the week. That's a dud. Um, one that has been a dud for the last two years that had such a high pedigree in the minor leagues, and that's Jared Kelnick. Um, everyone hoped he had a hot spring, so maybe folks were thinking, hey, maybe uh, maybe this is finally the year he puts it together, but whew, dude ha- is striking out at nearly 50% of his at-bats. He is batting 200 with an on-base of 250, and a nearly identical slugging percentage. So he's got 15 at bats, seven strikeouts. Just is he pressing? Is he? Did he not? Did he enjoy that hot spring too much? Did he? What is he just off to a bad week? Overreaction Monday? I don't know. But I dropped him already. <laughs> I had well. him on a short, pretty short <laughs> leash. I wasn't. He was my guy who I could drop quickly to pick up somebody else who was hot. Because as Wes has said on on last week's prod, podcast. Championships are won on the early waiver wire. When you find those guys that are going to break out this year, you can't be married to a single player. Who'd you pick up for him? Uh, Logan O'Hoppy. No, it was Aaron Ashby. It was Logan O'Hoppy. <laughs> it was Logan O'Hoppy. Do I think I, I got to watch here in town? He was the Phillies' number one prospect before traded to the Angels. Uh, power hitting catcher. Um, so I have Will Smith as my other catcher. But Will Smith is hitting like a utility type player right now. So. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I want to I want to kind of deviate for a second, and understand why you did that. You already have it, 
a stud catcher, and we rarely do we ever recommend rostering two catchers. I would recommend it either. I would recommend it either. He just playing the hot hand. In the draft, I was actually planning to get Logan O'Hoppy, and I and Will Smith just fell in my lap. So Logan O'Hoppy was a a target of mine. He started out hot. I think he had a home run in one of his first two two games. Was hitting four hundred at the time. So uh, I do know when I put in a waiver and claim for him that I beat somebody else to him. That was Coach Shaver. Coach Shaver, (laughs) you love getting those text messages in the morning. After yeah. you put in a waiver claim, I got a text message from him. Why you have a catcher? You love that when you when you make a good pickup like that. Yep, love that. I just poured some Maker's McGuire, Maker's Mark, uh, with Mark McGuire on it. All right, so that's two hitter duds. How about uh, I'll start with a pitcher dud. And I'm going with Max Serger. I uh, just mentioned that the that Machado's playing the Mets. You might be scared of Max Serger, but the dude has given up eight runs in eleven innings. Um, he five five earned runs in one game and three in the next. Dude just uh, isn't the same Max Serger we're used to seeing. Is that because he's gotten old? Finally, is he his age finally caught up to him? You think, Tommy? Or is it just no, overreaction week one? I, I think it's overreaction week one. I don't think you go from being elite one year to, to trash the next. I think he's still maybe figuring things out. It's early. It's cold. It's New York. If they even played in New York, I'm not sure. But um, I would not be a 10 worried, um, but I'd probably be a two or three. Yeah, um, he's a elite pitcher. You would be a little worried that maybe he does have a back. I think his back flared up a little bit last year. As yeah, he's always, he's always good for an injury on the time of the IL. I think uh, most of the Mets staff is probably at this point. Yeah, Carlos Carrasco's on there. Uh, is who Taiwan Walker's no longer there. He signed with Philly. Verlander. Um, <laughs> yeah, Verlander. They got, at least they have Kodai Senga. Hopefully he didn't come over. And need surgery soon. Well, well, I think, what, the Dice K need surgery right away. Um, Otani came K- over and needed surgery right away. Kodai Senga, I think, hasn't pitched more than like 120 innings in Japan. Uh, I could be off on that number not in front of me, but he wasn't known for his durability over in Japan either. So Kodai Senga? Long road ahead of him. Yeah. I'll have to look that up real quick. Yeah, so while you're looking that up. Stats. Um. I just want to, again, caution the same thing. So Corbin Burns and Manny Machado, don't forget about Scherzer. It'll be okay. Elbell's back. Um, you've got a stud in your hands. All the time, we'll catch up to him too eventually. Um, but I still don't think this year's the year. Um, Kodai Senga has pitched um, 177, 169, 180, 80s pitch. All right. Maybe I was way off on something then. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking then. But he, you know, in, his, in 2018, 2019, and 2020, he was nearly 11K per nine. Um, so a high strikeout guy coming over. Someone I wanted the Cubs to sign. So, uh, yeah. So, all right. So let's see. That was Max Serger, the dud I listed. How about a pitching dud for you, Tommy? 
frankly, Chris Bassett. He, um, I thought that, and they still might. I don't want to say that he's 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 dud, but when Toronto got him between Kevin Gosman, Alec Manoa, and Chris Bassett, I thought that was a three-headed monster that was going to make Toronto almost unstoppable. And his first outing, he went three point one innings, ten hits, um, didn't didn't have any strikeouts, and it's just been pretty bad. No strikeouts. Um, <clears throat> no strikeouts. He gave up four home runs, four in runs. Only got through 57 pitches uh, before they gave him the hook. So I don't know what was going on with that game. Maybe it was the jitters. Maybe it was, I mean, it was at St. Louis, and St. Louis came out hot out of the gate. And maybe he was tipping his pitches for all I know. But that's not one you want to see, especially if you're if you're Dan and you held on to him really, really tight and wouldn't give him up, even though when I asked. <laughs> I'm kind of glad I didn't. Um, he... He's a better pitcher than this, but that was not the performance you're looking for on opening weekend. You know, you want to start out the gate, go one and zero on your record. He gave you minus fourteen fantasy points if you play standard CBS points. And that didn't do you any favors, right? Yep. This is his first year with yeah, he was with Toronto. Yeah, he was great with the Mets last year. Yeah, he's with the Mets. Um, you hope he turns it around. He does face Toronto next week, so uh, maybe a, a bounce back there. For, for Chris Bassett, um, Max Max Serger has a two start week next week, so I think you'd still start Max Serger. I think he bounced. He does have a tough matchup in San Diego, but his second matchup is Oakland, so I think you I think you still start him in a two start week. So any any uh, last comments there, studs and duds, Tommy? No, I just. Um... I, th- I want to say a lot of people probably struggling right now with their pitching across the board. Pitching, leave at least elite pitching has been pretty tough. I uh, don't know what's going on yet, whether it's the, the juice ball is back or the ball is flying, some humidor magic. Um, pitch maybe clock. pitchers are pitch. I would say pitchers are being being rushed and they're not being able to game plan as much with the pitch clock, and so they're they're missing their spots a little bit more. Uh, but this will normalize. I don't think we're. I think the ERA. Uh, it was 4.3 right now compared to 3.7 this time last year. And that's a pretty significant difference. <clears throat> It'll normalize. It'll come back to, to normal. Um, so don't panic. Don't worry. Um, but it's it's tough if you don't have the elite pitchers. Um, I'm partially worried that I don't have enough good pitching at this point now. It's always good to have extra pitching. If you have that extra pitching, I wouldn't be looking to trade it yet. Wait a couple of months. Someone's always gets more eager for pitching. And because pitching prospects come up, guys break out. Uh, I would I would hold on to your pitching now. Early early season trades are are pretty tough. Um, still be looking out. You can never have too much pitching. Never too much pitching. I usually try to stay bench heavy on the pitching side. Maybe one extra hitter. I think I'm that way in our Champions League, um, with the exception of Tatis. Once Tatis comes off suspension, then I'll be back to one bench guy. Yeah, but on that the side note, or the reverse of that, if someone who doesn't listen to this podcast and doesn't get great advice, and you've got someone on your in your uh, league that's that's worried and ready to, to dump Corbin Burns, for example, after two bad starts, you can buy low on him. Um, you may be able to get him for a third or fourth round pick because he's just ready to go, and maybe trade him Zach Wheeler or, or somebody else a little lower on the totem pole is still good. Uh, oh, yeah, I would buy all sure. the Corbin Burns I could right now if if you got someone who's looking to sell or Max Scherzer or Corbin Burns any of those guys. Yeah, if someone's pa- if someone is panicking, um, you can you can always try to pull that trigger. 
if you think you're getting an absolute steal of a deal because someone has overreaction of week one. So, all right, so then let's move into our next segment of waiver wire, who we think would be great pickups for you for week two on waiver wire if you need help. Um, I think the, the, the first one there is our stud of the week in Adam Duvall. We talked about that already. He's a roller coaster power stroke bat. Um, but just watch the matchups um, as he's a roller coaster type of guy. He'll put up home runs and then score you one point maybe in the next week. Um, who's who's next, Tommy? Who do you think is a good waiver wire pickup? Um, yeah, I've got a couple, but I think one right now for second base specifically is Nolan Gorman. He he's been a prospect for a while. He's got good pos- prospect pedigree, and he's kind of blocked being a first base and third baseman by Goldie and Arenado. Um, but he spent some time in second base last year. He was he was decent. He wasn't anything special. But he's been really hot this year. He's hitting four thirty eight um, with two home runs, and he's, he's just hitting pretty well. There, it's interesting because Brandon Donovan is going to man second base most of the time, so he's mainly hitting DH, and, and the Cardinals outfield is crowded. So I'm not sure what playing time is going to look like, but if he's going to hit, he's going to play. Uh, and so he's someone if you need second base help, I would target. He's got the pedigree too. He was a not just a top Cardinals prospect but a top overall MLB prospect um yeah he was he was he came up mostly third base they traded for Nolan Arenado I wonder if he just you know dumped his head when they saw that trade um but maybe the guy was learning learning a new position last year when he first came up struggling a little bit playing second base um but he is off to a hot start and what was he have two three four home runs already in the first week so Um, another waiver wire, if you need a, a pitcher, um, Mike Clevenger had a great first start. He's healthy. He's not beating anybody. He's cleared of that. So he's pitching for the White Sox. Um, he had, I think, eight strikeouts in five innings in his first start of the year. Um, so he, he had, it's been three, four years since he had his real breakout year because he was traded to the Padres immediately had Tommy John. Came back, I think he had more injury problems, not with the elbow, but with the shoulder maybe. And um, who's what team? Was he still in the Padres last year or was he on the White Sox? Yeah, but he was in the Padres, but he he didn't really do very well. He struggled. He, he, had, he had another injury season last year, but yeah, he when he was pitching, it was not what you'd expect from, uh, from the 2018 or 19 Mike Clevenger. Who else do you think, Tommy, is a good waiver wire look um, in more yeah. shallower leagues? So I'll quickly give a shout-out to Graham Ashcraft. He's 77% rostered in CBS now, so you may <laughs> not be able to get him. But he was like 30% this time last week. And if you remember from last episode, he was one of the guys I told you to look out for. Uh, I think he went seven innings, had six Ks. He went really deep, got the win. Um, and he's going to be a three-headed monster in Cincinnati with Hunter Green, Nick Lodeau, and Graham Ashcraft. If, if they had a decent ballpark and a good offense, they could be a really good team with that pitching staff. But I don't think they will be uh, regardless. Uh, so unfortunately. Because he's so highly rostered, I'm going to move on for that. But um, somebody else we mentioned last week that I'm going to bring up was Dylan Dodd. Um, he had a pretty good pretty good game. He went five innings, six hits, three strikeouts. Um, nothing super impressive, but he, he managed the game, and I think he had a really impressive start <clears throat> over Jared Schuster. He actually got option back down. So I think Dylan Dodd has the leg up right now and holding that spot in the rotation for a powerhouse of a team, Atlanta. 
So if you got a spot to hold on to him, I don't know if I'd start him as an active starter right now, but if you could, if you can keep him on your bench, he's definitely someone I'd want to roster. Yeah. Uh, I think Schuster might be back up. Uh, even though he had the rough first start, at least I hope I do, but I'm going to laugh Tommy, your for your two waiver wire picks there, uh, are on both on your team. Nolan yeah, Gorman taking my own advice. Taking your own advice. Yeah, I'm absolutely. <laughs> so a couple of... Uh, I, I, those, I preach. Those are, practice what I preach. Those are a little more shallower leagues. Um, <laughs> Nolan Gorman, I think, is 60, nearly 70% owned and climbing. Um, so some deeper, de- deeper league ads. Um, I have listed Patrick Wisdom. Dude has 14 total bases in only four games. Yeah, two of those are home runs, so eight of those total bases are in four games. Um, he is he he's always, he was a Cardinals prospect, came over to the Cubs and um, hit 30 plus home runs for them. So he's gonna hit you home runs. You just wonder about the strikeout rate, but right now it looks like he's playing great defense, which he's improved upon. He's hitting for average in week one. Just caveat in week one. So maybe this is the season he can put it all together and actually be the stud that the Cardinals drafted many years ago as a first-round pick. Yeah, uh, I got I got another one from a prospect standpoint is uh, Francisco Alvarez. So he's not only the Mets' top prospect or one of them, but he's one of the top prospects in all of baseball. Omar Novaez just went on the IL, and, and so Francisco Alvarez got the call. He'll spend some time at catcher and at DH. And he's someone who can give you some big power. He's known for his hitting. And that doesn't come very often in the catcher spot. So if you have the opportunity to jump on him and pick up uh, Francisco Alvarez, I would I would go do that. Um, one other one real quick. We mentioned Sparps before um, in previous episodes, the starting pitchers as relief pitchers and how valuable they can be, especially if you can get a two-star week out of them. Uh, Garrett Whitlock is coming back. Uh, I know, homer pick, but uh, he'll be back on Tuesday off the IL. And I think he's someone who has a lot of potential. And if you're just struggling to find a relief pitcher, he's someone I would pick up specifically in a points league. He doesn't do as much for you in a, in a categories league. What team's he on? Mm, I think he got swept <laughs> by the Pirates. <laughs> he's on the Red Sox, folks. He's on the Red Sox. So hey, some some deep some deep looks at Red Sox players here from 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 Red Sox players and Tommy's team players uh, here on Fantasy Baseball Camp. Um, two more quick ones I've got of deep leagues. Jorge Soler, the dude is going to hit home runs. He's got three home runs already in Miami in week one. Um, he is another kind of weekly flyer. Watch the matchups. And if you're in a categories league, uh, watch out for that strikeout rate. Um, I don't think it's a category, but it uh, will hurt the average for sure. But if you need home runs, Jorge Soler is... Um, going to give you some power. And then a, a guy who is doing well uh, on base percentage and steals is Nico Horner. Uh, he's leading off for the Cubs. He's got Dansby Swanson hitting behind him, who is, sit- is hitting 500 to start the, start the year. So Nico gets on with a walk or a single, steals second. That's two points right there. Then Dansby hits him in. You got three points right away and one at bat right there. And, and Nico and, and Dansby are doing it on the regular. Uh, could do an overreaction. Yeah, <laughs> Tommy talked about the Red Sox there. I'm talking about the Cubs here. So uh, You just read take... my mind. I was thinking 
thinking you plug in your own Cubs while I was plugging Red Sox. We need to find <laughs> more teams to talk about. Take what advice you want out of that. Take look, t- pull up those individual players and look at what you, uh, and and look at them for yourself and think on your own needs. We didn't name the same position, so uh, uh, think about what you need. Look at don't don't take our advice necessarily too blind. Look at it, and we'll na- we name specific stats. Uh, take a look at it and see how it compares to your team. So that any any other waiver wire advice for you there, Tommy? Yeah, let me give you one more name for this is definitely a deeper league look. So as long as he can stay on the roster, that's Jorge Jorge Mateo of the Baltimore Orioles. He's up to five steals. He's really not gonna give you much else, but if you're just desperate desperate for steals in a category leagues, I think he's got five on the season. And the Orioles are just running wild right now. Um they're deep in the farm system, so they could bring up some prospects at any time. But if Jorge Mateo still stays on the roster and you need stolen bases, he'll, he's going to give them to you. I mean, he was he was decent last year, even on the a, a low name. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Orioles have scored. They might be three and three, but they've scored thirty four runs. So um, to, to say that they've the Red Sox have scored forty one. It's kind of fun, kind of funny there. The bottom two teams in the AL East, their uh, runs scored to run against are one for one exactly, 34-34, 41-41, where, man, Tampa Bay, 6-0, and runs scored 44, runs against 13, but the 30, already six games in and they're a 31-run differential. I mean, that's, pitching, that's pretty steadily. Pitching, pitching, pitching. Well, hey, they've also pushed, but you can say offense too because that's the most runs scored in the league by any team. By that's far. true, but no other pitching team, wins championships. No other team has touched forty. But yes, pitching does win championships. Look at the two thousand nineteen Nationals. Yeah. So. All right, moving then. That's that's our waiver wire as we move through this episode. Uh, matchups of the coming week. What are some good hitting matchups, Tommy? What's our what's our, what's our first hitting matchup you'd recommend uh, for maybe uh, if you have players on that you're trying to decide start or sit, um, or maybe you see a certain player on the waiver wire. Um, the, which team has a good hitting matchup for hitters? Yeah, the one that jumps out at me is the Phillies. Not only is that team a powerhouse, I mean, Nick, Nick Castellanos going to benefit from this. Maybe Alec Bohm, some, some of the lower roster guys. Guys like Trey Turner and Kyle Schwarber and J.T. Rimmitzer don't have a chance at rostering if you don't already have them. But some of the other names out there, uh, Brandon Marsh, if he's healthy. Um, even Christian Pache is playing center field for them now with Brandon Marsh. May have just gone on the I.L. I need to, to look into that. But um, they're playing the Marlins and the Reds. And that is uh, it's two good matchups you really want. The Marlins pitching and general has been pretty good. Um, but those are two, two teams that I think the Phillies can beat up on. Yeah. Um, like you said, Phillies powerhouse Trey Turner. And, uh, so if you, if you have guys who maybe you have two shortstops or something, not saying I would ever bench Trey Turner. Um, but for those daily leagues, maybe, um, watch out for maybe the Marlins do have some good pitching. So maybe watch if you were in daily league. You maybe uh, sit him against Pablo Lopez or Sandy Alcantara, but the the rest of I mean they got Hexy Ricardo. So now I'm kind of eating my words here. And then um, I was, as I was looking at this, I was like, man, these I forgot how good these Marlins staff is. The team's horrible, <laughs> but the Marlins staff is good. 
But hey, I, if you have a Phillies player who's a, who's a regular, um, I don't know that would be sitting. Alec, Alec Bohm could be have a breakout year. So, All right. So, anyways, our next matchup that I like even better <laughs> now that I think about it is going to be the Cardinals. They're playing the Rockies at at the Rockies, I think. So that's not as great. But yes, I think that's in Colorado. Oh yeah. So the ball's going to fly. You're right. It's the opposite. I was thinking for pitchers. So for hitters in Colorado and then the Pirates. Pirates pitching was decent last week, but I think in general it should be pretty easy. Any team should be able to walk all over them. Um, that's a great matchup of the week. Yeah. Uh, anytime you take Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado back to his home where he has great success, anybody who goes to Coors Field, you're going to expect uh, an extra home run or two or extra double. Um, you're always looking for those guys, those teams that are heading to Coors Field. It, it, it's it's that much of an advantage for offenses. And that's why the Rockies can't ever get pitchers to come there. So... Um, the last one we have listed as matchups of the week is the Astros. Uh, the Astros have the Pirates and Rangers. Um, the Pirates are a little hot, but I can't, I couldn't name a stud of a pitcher coming from them. Mitch Keller, Rosny, Contreras. Still, I, I'm not afraid of those guys. Um, the Rangers, if you're, if maybe if they miss Jacob DeGrom, then you got a really great week of Astros hitters. Jordan Alvarez is going to um, have a great week. So the other matches with the Rangers now is it Heaney. Uh, not scared of. Nathan Ethan Valdi. Not scared of. Martin Perez. Not scared Those of. Those are all like decent pitchers, but I think they can be hit. Right, right. No, no one that, that I'm going to look at, and I, I don't even know if I'd sit them in a daily lineup if we had daily lineups. They don't scare me enough where I'm benching a decent no. player. No, absolutely not. So, so that's hit. That's hitting matchups. How about then pitching matchups? Uh, we got two start pitchers for the week. Um, we've got we've got four here on our list. Tommy, who's that first one for you that you'd uh, recommend <clears throat> two start? And the, and when we say two start pitchers, we're not going to recommend Alec Manoa, who's got two starts. That's an obvious. You know, you you the guys who you don't even bench when they have one start. And of course you're starting them with two starts. We're going to recommend guys who are probably uh, at least below 90% owned who are in the 80, 70, 60% that we're going to try to find you some extra points here with these two start recommendations. So with that, Tommy, who's uh, your first recommendation for two start pitcher next week? Yeah. My first recommendation is going to be Grayson Rodriguez. And it's really someone I wish we would have brought up Cerner. Um, I meant to bring him up at the top, but he got called up. He's a top pitching prospect within the Orioles organization, really in all of baseball. Um, he had a lot of hype for a long time. I think he had over 200 strikeouts and like 100 and, or 400 something strikeouts and 200 something innings. He's a K machine. He didn't make the opening day roster <clears throat> because he had some control issues um, in spring you training, said, but he got called up now. With Who'd you say? Grayson Grace Rodriguez. Rodriguez. He, he, that's why he didn't get called up. I think the Orioles are just playing freaking games. Well, one, what, is, what is five day? What is five days going to do for the guy in the minor leagues? Well, that still doesn't give them the uh, super two eligibility uh, by doing five days. So I don't think they won out on that one. I think it's truly because of his spring. Maybe they wanted him to get a start in the minors, which ended up not happening. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> somebody, one of the pitchers, got hurt in the IL. But anyways, he came in. He had a slow first inning, but after that, he settled in with five innings, five strikeouts, one walk, um, and, he, and he pitched pretty well. So. 
I'm encouraged. I want to see more of him. He's facing Oakland. He's facing the White Sox next week. Two excellent matchups. Um, and I would I would be picking him up in every league I could be. I think he should be 100% rostered at this point. The top not, pitching prospect. Yeah, maybe maybe not start him. I would start him next week with a two-start, and so just see how he goes. But if, if you got a spot to, to roster him, I would put him on your roster. Yeah, yeah, Chris. I mean, when the top pitching prospect gets called up, that's a guy who is probably better than any, you know, but going to give you a, a better reward than any hope for a middle tier pitcher just breaking out. Um, Grace Rodriguez, high strikeout guy, um, two start pitcher, also same team, right? Is Kyle Gibson? Is he on the same team? Is he is he in Oakland now? Or not Oakland, but is he in uh, Baltimore? He is. Yeah, he is. I mean, Kyle Gibson, quiet name. When he was in Texas. He was an, on a bad Texas team. He uh, is on the same now Orioles team um, facing Oakland and Chicago White Sox. And Chicago White Sox are without Eloy, who, of course, has a hamstring issue. So, um, great, great Baltimore matchups. If you've, got, <laughs> if you've got a pitcher from Baltimore, probably a good week to start them. Um, all right, so that was two. Those two pitches we would recommend starting. Uh, how about two start, two starting pitchers to avoid, Tommy? So this next one I'm going to give you is a, is a guy that I think has a chance to be rosterable, uh, but I would not start him this week with his matchup. So that's Mitch Keller. So he's facing Houston. He's facing St. Louis. And if you follow baseball at all, you know those guys are offensive powerhouses, and they're going to uh, swing the bat and and give him probably two negative starts if you ask me, but in general his stuff in, intrigues me. The last two starts he went combined eleven point two innings, fifteen strikeouts, six walks, it's a little high, um, and he just did did really well. He was going deep into games. He threw over a hundred pitches both times. That's pretty valuable in a in a points league if you can get some quality starts. Um, I, I'm interested to see what he does. I'm, I'm not going to go pick him up right now, but it's someone. If he's available, I make a look at him just to see how he does. If he, if he can survive through Houston and St. Louis, I think I think I'll pick him up, depending on how the next matchups are. He was a top prospect. I mean, the the Pirates know how to develop pitching in the minor league level. <laughs> As they get to the major league level, they like to just trade them away right away. Um, yeah. Mitch Keller was on that fence for a while of when's he going to come up? When's he going to come up? And I think he was a little injured when he first came up. Of course, as all. Uh, elite pitchers seem to be so you gotta knock out uh, that injury first um but yeah mitch mitch keller high pedigree guy in the past wouldn't recommend him against two hot hitting teams uh, but put him on your scout team keep an eye on him he does have a pedigree in the past um so then a, a two-start pitcher to avoid um i would not be starting matt manning this week he does face San Francisco in his second start, but it's against Logan Webb. So he'll be fighting for a win as uh, Detroit will be fighting to put up runs as they do anyways against bad pitchers. Uh, Matt Manning, it's re- it really stinks. Him and Casey Mize were supposed to be 1-2 for Detroit Tigers, and now Casey Mize is out for the year with, with surgery, and Matt Manning just can't. Put it together. Cannot stop walking, guys. He was a high strikeout guy in the minors, um, but he faces Toronto and San Francisco. 
I, I can't trust him. He's got the minor league pedigree, but until he starts putting up better starts, uh, I can't I can't trust him, and I would not recommend picking up or starting him right now. So any other any yeah, other I I uh, yeah. No, I was gonna say I agree with that that analysis. Matt Manning is, and, and the fact that he plays for Detroit, he's not gonna get as much support. Uh, plenty of reasons to avoid him, even though he's widely rosterable. Right, he's on a, a bad Detroit team who's not gonna give you offense. Even though it, when is Detroit finally gonna break out? How many how many first round picks have they had at the top? Spencer Torkelson in twenty twenty, Riley Green coming up. And they're just not performing. They signed Javi Baez to a hundred fifty plus million dollar deal, and the dude couldn't have been worse in year one. Couldn't have been worse. So, um, yeah, that's 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 just disappointment in the Detroit there. So that's the, our two start pitcher recommendations of the week. Um, any news or notes, Tommy, that you want to highlight for week one or? getting ready for week two, because this is our week two uh, prep advice episode here. We're put, put, putting this out on Friday before, so that gives you the chance to listen and then two days of work on your lineup to get ready for week two. So any any other news or notes? Um, no, I think we talked about most of the things I wanted to, to talk about. I, I had something that we talked about before that I have – Never really paid attention in the past for a points league, and obviously it's a big consideration for a categories league is stolen bases. With the change in the pickoff rules and the larger bases, is stolen bases something that needs to be considered in a points league before or moving forward? And and so for anybody who not familiar is you get two points in a standard points league uh, for stolen base and minus one for caught stealing, but in a categories league it makes up twenty percent of your of your points or you're awarded in, in your category because it's one of the standard five. And so they're important, but in points leagues, not so much. We talked about it before is Jose Ramirez is you, someone you highlighted that, Hey, he's great. He gives you a ton of advantage in stolen points or, or stolen bags. and gives you so many points. Um, we looked into it a little bit more and I don't really feel that way. In 2022, he put up a total of 592 points and he had 20 stolen bases. And so 40 of those came from stolen points. So without it, he's still a 550 point player. So, Stolen bases didn't make him elite, but it pushed him. It I pushed at, him to the elite <clears throat> status. It, it 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 pushed him up. But the reason I'm I'm looking at it now is someone like Miles Straw. He hasn't hit a home run. He's got one extra base hit, but he's up there with the the top scoring outfielders, or really all players, all batters, right now. And he's got six stolen bases. No, excuse me, five stolen bases, which takes him from a 22 point player to a 32 point player. And it kind of got me thinking: if someone can steal. Like a Jorge Mateo, hey Miles Straw, uh, Carroll, fifty bags, Labor Torres, fifty bags, and they're a three hundred to three hundred fifty point player, and now they're a four hundred to four fifty point player. That makes you a lot more valuable. Um, is, do you think that's something we need to consider moving forward in points leagues? Stolen bases, at least in our league, CBS, is two points. Um, I definitely think that. Steals are on the rise, um, so that maybe that guy who only got you ten steals is up to twenty steals. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, who led the postseason last year, watch out—he's uh, going to lead the Philly. No, just kidding. Um, 
I never thought agreed. I, I agreed. I never looked at steals as something that was so valuable in head to head, where you do in categories. You have to, you know, guys who are strictly speed guys, um, like Garrett Hampson was always a name for categories leagues where head to head you don't touch him. In years past, yeah, um, but yeah, it definitely adds value to those guys who can run. Like Trey Turner immediately becomes that much better. If his legs can stay healthy, um, Corbin Carroll three stolen bases in one game. I wonder. I wonder if we could look that up, and that maybe that's something we can post about. Has anybody? When's the how many? How many guys stole three bases in one game last year? Probably, probably. Be, I, I don't want to say single digits. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think it happened very often. And Carroll's doing it in his first week. So. Oh yeah, one more one more thing I just thought about. Um, we talked about this earlier, but with Miguel, Miguel Vargas is having groin issues, or no, sorry, not Miguel Vargas, Rojas. Uh, Rojas, Miguel Rojas. Miggy Rojas is having groin issues, and so now that's their backup shortstop with, with Gavin Lux out, so now their backup backup, Chris Taylor, is going to get more time at shortstop. So uh, he's, he was someone that was good for a while and kind of fell off the radar right after they gave him a contract. Go figure. He's not doing good this year, but in super deep leagues, um, you need a shortstop. Or or, uh, or second baseman Chris Taylor is going to get some more playing time. Yeah, but is Chris Chris Taylor someone to roll, that is going to get you fantasy points, or is he just filling a hole for the Red Sox? I think the value in Chris Taylor was his versatility. The Dodgers. He's on the Dodgers. That's good enough. <laughs> no, you said Red Sox. Oh, did I say Red Sox? I don't know why yeah. I said Red Sox. Freudian slip. You want to be a fan? Come, come join us. <laughs> no, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up here for episode two. This is our week two prep we episode. Um, we're going to be publishing these episodes on Fridays to get you ready for your week weekend to prep and to get you ready for your week ahead of fantasy baseball. Um, so this is Tommy, any last words before we, uh, conclude this thing? Yeah. Uh, Jared Strewster is getting called back up. So he I just is getting called up. back. We talked about it earlier. Let's go. So the competition is still on with Dylan Dodd. It wasn't great, but he is getting called back up. So if you, if you haven't dropped him yet, I wouldn't see how the second one goes before, uh, you make any rash decisions. Former first round pick, um, CBS is high on him. They, they think he's. Uh, high in him in fantasy points. Um, I, I own him just because I'm in a mainly, mainly Braves fan league. So immediately his value is increased a little bit more. So, yeah, that's great to hear. Um, so, all right. Well, this has been episode three of Fantasy Baseball Camp. It's our week two prep episode. Um, be sure to give us a listen. If you need us, need any help, reach out on the Instagram page or shoot us an email. We're probably, uh, we're more active on the Instagram page. That's fantasy baseball camp. Um, Tommy's over on Instagram at what's your, uh, handle Tommy. BNB underscore Lombard L O M B A R D. There we go. BNB underscore Lombard. I'm at BNB underscore Burns. Um, our other two uh, folks, part of the fantasy baseball camp. Uh, didn't make it here tonight. BNB underscore Wes and BNB underscore 
co-shaver. Um, you can hit them up as well. Um, we each have different styles of play, different advice. Um, so yeah, hit us up for any, any, any thoughts, trade advice, and, uh, catch us up on the next episode next for week three prep. Thanks everybody. Let's go.